And uh, I, I, I literally failed at multiple things. My first event was I, I booked David Bach, who wrote the book Automatic Millionaire on a stage. And I think his fee was like $50,000 or something like that to speak for an hour. I mean, we're all in the wrong business because you should do that. Just charge 50 grand for an hour of presentation. But I put David up and I did a ton of direct mail pieces at the time. And my direct mail showed up a week after the event to give you an idea, which is in the category of not good, right? Welcome to the Legacy Roadmap Podcast, your ultimate guide for creating a lasting legacy as an entrepreneur. Whether you're an ambitious entrepreneur or a seasoned business owner, our podcast offers insightful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and experts who have navigated the path of legacy creation. We explore topics that matter to you, personal responsibility, financial growth, leadership, and succession planning. Our goal? To equip you with practical insights and strategies that help you transition from simply running your business to building a legacy. Join us each week as we delve into purposeful discussions aimed at positively impacting future generations. Your journey towards leaving a lasting legacy starts right here right now. Let's dive in. Does your business serve homeowners? If so, you need to know about HOA.com, the number one referral network for professionals who serve homeowners. And we're looking for quality contractors and home service pros that we can recommend and refer to homeowners in your area. Not only will you get promoted on the HOA.com website, you'll get business from other certified pros and premier pros in your market. These people serve homeowners every day, so we help you build referral partnerships that keep referrals coming to your business for years to come. Go to HOA.com pro now and get started. Are you an entrepreneur or business owner? If so, you need to know about the Achieve Systems Business Building Membership. We are one of the best referral-based communities that wants to refer you. We help generate you thousands of leads per year. We also provide you an incredible mentorship program that has won many awards. We don't stop there. We have 60 plus opportunities to take your business to the next level, like authoring and publishing books and many, many more. Go to AchieveSystemsPro.com and get started today. Do you want to make more money in your business? Most business owners focus on building revenue. That's not enough. Building profits is what feeds your family, and almost no business owner understands how to build profit without building revenue. I can show you with near-perfect accuracy the exact business growth strategies that will generate the most revenue for your business in the shortest amount of time, focused on building profit. Learn more at bizlife.coach. Today's guest is Sean Finnegan, a successful entrepreneur and business connection expert in Utah. His innovative strategies and exceptional networking skills have made him a name for himself. Sean is one of the founders of Tax Hive and business partners with Kevin O'Leary, the shark. Sean Finnegan and Robert talk about family, the value of building business with your family. There is pain in failing, but there can also be motivation. Sean learned the power of relationships and getting the right people and partners accelerates growth and gives you multiple perspectives to learn. He's committed to helping small business owners thrive by saving on taxes. Well, Sean, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. I appreciate you taking the time and look forward to just uh, sharing a great conversation. 
Thanks so much, Robert. Good to be here. Absolutely. So I let each entrepreneur share their their kind of own entrepreneurial journey, their own leap into into the space. So tell us tell us how you got started. What's <laughs> so this is going back a ways. So I started my first kind of big business in 2010, 2009 time. And I could tell you know the history of 2009, 2010. It was a rough time to start a business. And uh, I started it, I literally out of the gates, I had zero dollars. And I had just a lot of, I was tenacious, but I didn't have any money. And uh, I still remember <laughs> I going, feeling. yeah, yeah, we've all been there. It's like, yeah, you just, I'm, I'm resourceful, but I don't have resources, right? And uh, that was me in 2009. And um, I remember going to a hoagie shop and that was our office because I didn't have an actual physical office, right? So it was me and three dudes in a hoagie shop, eye to eyeball in one of the booths, discussing how we can do this, uh, do a business, make an impact. What, what problem can we solve? And it was actually months of us sitting in these weekly meetings in a hoagie shop is how we came up with my initial business. So it was called the evolution business. And uh, our concept was to do live events. So do the big stages with all the glitz and glamour and, and pay people to be on stages, sell tickets, that kind of stuff. And so that was the business we came up with back in 2009. Love it. And so how did the evolution evolve? Well, so here's what happened. So I, I created this plan and I had a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet said I'd be a millionaire. So it's my spreadsheet millionaire, right? I, I, you know, I had a small group of leadership and I had this spreadsheet and this plan that was like, based on my projections, I'm gonna have this much revenue coming in, this much profit, it's gonna, we're gonna crush. So I had my plan and then I hired some people. So I had a small team of people, really good people. And then my third step was raising funds. So for the first time in my life, I had to go raise funds, which is a whole nother experience raising funds. Uh, I met with 22 individual investors, kind of angel investors, and uh, I raised $1.5 million. It took me like six months because some of these wanted an eyeball to eyeball. And I'm sitting in front of these investors and I'm like, hey, I haven't created a dollar yet, but I want 250000 of your dollars. Uh, and that was a whole nother experience and a challenge for me, but I, I was able to do it. So I raised $1.5 million in the next uh, six months of the business. So if you were to get in a time machine and go back to that Sean Finnegan that day, I feel like I would be like the king of the world, right? Because I had I had a spreadsheet that says I was gonna make multi-millions. I had a good core group of people and I had 1.5 million. So the, if I got out and said the time machine, I felt like I was on top of the world. I created that from nothing, I didn't have dollars. So that was where I was in 2010 on that day. Well, and, and then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to come. I knew you're going to ask that follow up. What happened? So I, I'm, I'm right now uh, business partners with Kevin O'Leary, the Shark Tank guy. So he's my co-founder in a business called Taxide. And he is, he is one of my favorite quotes from Kevin is in business, poo poo happens. And for me, poo-poo happened. Um, anything you can think of, your business guy, entrepreneurs, I, I, think I've, I think I covered about everything on the list of potential failures in a business. 
And uh, I, I, I literally failed at multiple things. My first event was I, I booked David Bach, who wrote the book Automatic Millionaire on a stage. And I think his fee was like $50,000 or something like that to speak for an hour. I mean, we're all in the wrong business because you should do that. Just charge 50 grand for an hour of presentation. But I put David up and I did a ton of direct mail pieces at the time. And my direct mail showed up a week after the event to give you an idea, which is in the category of not good, right? <laughs> so I, I do this event and over the next 12, long story short, over the next 12 months, I blow through 1.5 million. It's gone. All of it. It wasn't that I took the money off the table either. We're just trying to figure out the model. 2010 was in a recessionary time. All my projections were way off. I projected one thing and I performed way under that. Um, and so literally on every aspect of business, I believe I failed in the first 12 months and I ran out of funds and I ran out of funds down to $3,500 in my bank account on a Thursday night. And the reason why I know it was a Thursday night is because payroll was due on Friday. <laughs> and so my problem was, is I had a failing business, but my pain was so many levels deep below that. And I invite people who have a product or service of, of a problem you're solving that's important, but just listen to your clients because if someone were to ask me then, I wouldn't even talk about the problem. I'd just talk about all the physical problem and all of the pain I was experiencing at the time. Uh, it's stressful. I mean, you have, you have a group of people in your office that have faith and confidence in you. They joined your cause you have 23 investors that put money up thinking that you were going to produce what you said you were going to produce on the spreadsheet. <laughs> and uh, so Thursday night hits, I'm down to 3,500 bucks in the bank. It was a, it was a gut wrenching rock bottom moment for me. And uh, you want to know what happens next? I, even if I don't, I know that the people listening to <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, so I, I go in the next morning, I'm, I'm praying for a miracle deposit. There's no miracle comes, right? And I go to, I remember going to lunch with my business partner and we're like at lunch, we're saying, hey, have we turned, have we turned over every rock? Have we looked everywhere? We've, we've now at this point tapped our lines, we've tapped our credit cards, we've tapped it all. So back down to zero resources, but worse than zero resources, we're negative resources. We're in a worse spot. So we're sitting at lunch and I get a phone call from my controller, Denise. She calls me up and says, hey, Sean, I was just looking in this, the petty cash safe and I found $3,000 cash in there. What would you like me to do with it? And again, I was a thousand bucks short on payroll. So thousand dollars. I had done the math on going back to the office and just saying, hey, I'm going to give you 10% less, um, but we'll make it up. So I was a thousand bucks short. So that three grand could have represented 3 million at the time. Right. right. So I was like, well, hang on to that. And I drove, <laughs> yeah. screeched my tires back to the office, picked up the cash. I went over to the bank and I went into the teller and I handed her three grand in cash. And then I asked for physical checks. And I still remember the physical check for whatever reason on my mind, this brown check and wrote out the names of the individuals in my office on each one of those contracts. And 
I went into the office and I remember handing each individual, here's your check. And I made payroll by a couple grand. And literally I said, you know what? I always ask entrepreneurs like, what's more motivational success or pain? And to me, it's pain. It's like those, you just want to avoid the pain. We've all been through it. We've all, this is what we signed up for. There's no bellyache. It's like, Elon Musk, Musk talks about chewing glass and it's true. It's what, it's what a lot of entrepreneurs don't talk about is, is it does come with pain. It does come with not receiving a check for three years. It comes with some real challenges that you don't expect. So what happened is, is that afternoon I made my, uh, I put my mind towards two things. I said, one is I have to get salespeople in here. Salespeople get a bad rap. I hate to be sold. Those salespeople, this, Salespeople are a critical piece to an organization. They can bring lifeblood into your business. So I literally called on Friday afternoon, some of the guys I knew that were salespeople. And I said, hey, I, I need help. This is, I'm struggling. I have leads. I don't have a way to sell them. Can you help me? And they're like, yeah, do you want to, do you want me to come over in a couple of weeks? Or, and I was like, no, can you come over Monday? And they're like, well, I have a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so I literally got three people to say, I'll be there Monday after my gig to help you. I must have sounded so desperate. They, it was a sympathy vote. They're like, I feel like I better help this guy out. So <laughs> they came in on Monday and I made, I remember my first sale was on a Wednesday. It was $4,000, 4,000, hmm. which is like the heavens opened. It's big blessings poured in at four grand mana showed up. And I was able to, which means I was able to make payroll that week. Right. So that was one. And then the second thing I did is I said, I need to create relationships. I, I looked at, I was like, I myself have failed on my own. I better get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I better go find those people out there who have really good business skills that can help me, number one, or have relationships with customers. They can bring those customers to me and I can create relationships and get out of my lane. Because I was, uh, every day I was like knee deep in crocodiles. And my head was down in the sand every day, just, just trying to grind through. Like, where was I going to come up with the time to go meet with someone about something else about their business and now we can work together. But I realized that was a mistake and I made a decision there and there, the way I was going to scale my business was through relationships. So I committed to be uncomfortable at that point to get very comfortable in that process of building relationships. And that was the one thing that changed everything over the next 12 months. Uh, I was able to pay off those investors back plus interest, which was an asset pain. Now I had to go meet with them again and say, I want to pay you back plus interest. Some wanted more than others, but I was able to pay all those back and we went on a run in our business, but it was at death door and it still had death door in the future. Or like it still ran into problems, but that was, that was a moment that kind of changed things. So I've always been an entrepreneur. That's my <laughs> earliest kind of bigger business that I built. That's that's a, I mean, obviously it's fantastic. I think it's encouraging for those entrepreneurs that are, that are in that space where <laughs> they feel like a total failure. They they've run out of money. They've run out of credit. They've run out of, out of yeah. everything, but there's still a little bit of hope. <laughs> and, yes. and that little spark of hope can be the thing you mentioned salespeople. I love, I love salespeople. I, I, mm -hmm. as a, as a business consultant and, and helper, I think, um, it's the one career over the last 200 years that, that is pay for performance. And yes, love it. And more yep. and more 
industries, entrepreneurs themselves are pay for performance. Mm. And I think more and more we're starting to recognize in our culture that we need to start paying for performance instead of just paying because the person shows up. And, Amen. and the reason people don't like sales is because they don't want to show up. They mm -hmm. want to do the bare minimum. And, mm -hmm. and we've created a culture of lazy people that just want a job that they can show up at, do the bare minimum, not get fired and still collect mm -hmm. a paycheck. And uh, you Couldn't and I are part more. of a di different world. And, yeah. and we want to be working with those people that know that there's more, know that the, the job's not going to keep up with inflation. The job's not going to keep up with the needs and demands for your family. And certainly the job's never going to create generational wealth. Yeah. Amen <laughs> so to that. Only way well that said. can happen is through, through entrepreneurship. And so you and I are encouraging people to push through the pain, to, yes. to push through the, and the crazy thing is even when you're in that pain, that the idea of getting a job doesn't fix anything. Like the idea of, yeah, I, I could go Uber, for an hour, but yeah. it's not going to, it's not going to pay the payroll. It's not yep. going to fix this problem. I need to do something more ambitious and bigger. And we'll be right back after this short break. Do you need an increase in revenue? We help business owners find 100 K in 90 days and create a roadmap for implementation. There's no pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit own it call dot com and select a time that works for you. It's time for you to focus on doubling the 20% that creates 80% of your revenue. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So, so let's, I, I love your, your girl dad. Um, yeah. It's a part of who you are. It's part of your identity. Yeah. So, yep. so tell me about the legacy that you want to create for yeah. your daughters. So, you know, I raised my daughters with an entrepreneur kind of mind. Like my dad uh, was a bookstore manager for 40 years, right? Five, five kids, tried to raise five kids on a bookstore manager. So my mom was the original side hustle. So I got all my side hustle, my entrepreneurship from my mom. And we were the marketing arm. We'd take leaflets down the streets and sell stuff. And, nice. Um, so I learned that. It's talking about generational wealth. That's what it came from my mom passing down that generation to me. And so I, you know, I, I was worried because I had these three girls and I, they saw the highs and lows of an entrepreneur dad, the good times and the bad times. And I was wondering like how much actually wears off on your children. Right. And I've been amazed, you know, so now I have a 26 year old, a 22 and a 17 year old at this point, my 20, she was 25 at the time. So about a year ago, she calls me up. And she lives in Mesa, Arizona. And she calls me up. She's like, hey, dad, I want to start a business. And I'm like, I'm like music to my ears. Like you said, it's like, <laughs> does this mean that she actually watched an entrepreneur dad? And despite all the crap, she still wants to start a business. This is pretty cool. And I said, well, what's the business? And she said, I'm going to do microgreens. Microgreens are what you have on salad. You know, they're really healthy. They're high dense. Uh, you know, mineral and vitamin content. So she's like, that's what I want to do. And I was like, okay, sweetie, that's awesome. Congratulations on your idea. I think it's phenomenal. Where's your business plan? She's like, what do you mean business plan? What do I got to do? <laughs> you need a spreadsheet. <laughs> you need the spreadsheet that says you're going to make a million bucks. So I said, why don't you Google how to put a business plan together, do the research, put a business plan together, and then come back to me. And by the way, She's married, like 
show it to your husband, show it to your in-laws. I want everyone to look at your business plan, get multiple perspectives. It's what entrepreneurs want, aren't willing to do. It's like, I think I know everything. It's my idea. Take that information, go share it with people. Say, hey, Robert, I got this business idea. Would you mind taking a minute and looking at it? The answer is yes, right? <laughs> so I get a perspective from Robert. He's going to tell me one of two things. One is, hey, the idea is really good. It's going to he's confirm it. Or number two is, hey, have you thought about this? Maybe there's a pitfall. So anyway, she, cr she cranks out this business plan. And I asked her, I said, you also need a brand. You can't just say I'm a microgreen person. What's your brand and what's your plan? So she goes out and cranks out a plan. It's actually pretty good. And I read the plan and her brand is she's got this dog. It's the best dog on the planet earth. It's a golden retriever, an English cream golden retriever, just a, an incredible dog. And that dog's name is Berkeley. So her brand is Berkeley beans, microgreens, And she's got her color scheme. She's got her logo done. She presents all this to me. And it's one of those proud father moments where I'm like, just like my mom passed down to me. And I love how you have the legacy uh, name in the whole training you do, which is like, I, I hope you pass it down to the generation. It was like one of those moments where I'm now passing it down to her and she's gonna take this business. So anyway, she launches the business. She starts growing greens. A part of me is like, is she really gonna go do this she went and bought the racks. It was $1,400 startup cost. Bought all the seeds and racks. It's $1,400 in her small house. She's got this rack set up and she starts growing it. She's done all the research. She grows it. Now she's got to sell it. <laughs> and uh, it was this, it was this, I have this image in my mind, you know, the certain time with your children where I feel like it makes such an imprint on your mind that you always remember certain images that I feel like it's just ingrained in my mind. And one of those is she went to the LA fitness and I went to work out with my son-in-law there. And my daughter went to, to the manager and said, Hey, I have Berkeley being microgreens. Do you mind if I set up a booth out front in Arizona hot? <laughs> and the, the manager was like, okay, no problem. So here's my beautiful daughter sitting out with her little, you know, lemonade looking stand sitting out in front of the door with her microgreens and her samples and her product. And she's giving everyone a sample on the way in. And I have a picture of that in my mind that will always be with me because I'm like, this is someone who is out there trying to make it happen. And she struggled trying to get sales. Hey, I sold two boxes, like two little boxes today. I sold one box today. I... Finally, she gets a cry. She comes, she goes into a manager of a, a, a it's kind of a small grocery chain. She gets a sale. And now that, grocery chain actually orders from her every week. So she makes call it 300 bucks a week in her business. And she's been at it, you know, for this time, that's really good money for her and her husband. And I have an entrepreneur daughter. Well, and then once you recognize the process, it's scalable, right? I mean, she could take the process and choose to scale it, or she can choose by design to, to have it at yeah. whatever income level that she wants. Right. We know, yeah. we know the numbers, right? I mean, it's, it becomes mm -hmm. a numbers game. Once you make that first sale, I need to have this many leads, this many conversations mm -hmm. yeah. and, and convert that many to, to, to buyers. And, and really that's <laughs> any business can be broken down in, into those numbers. Mm -hmm. And once you know, those numbers, you know how much you have to scale 
the sales yeah. conversations, and then she knows how much she has to scale her deliverables, right? And her manufacturing side. So that's, that's just a fantastic place to be, right? That first sale just means it's possible. It works. It is. It's doable. Amen. Right? And then you just Amen. Have to decide, how, much, how much money do you want to make? Yeah, I love it. And I love your legacy concept because I just, as I'm talking to you, I'm envisioning her little girl daughter sees her mom selling this. She's going to be in that second bedroom at some point. And she sees her mom out there selling to these grocery chains and delivering product. And, and maybe it creates another entrepreneur generation, right? So I think oh, that's absolutely. a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's, and that's exactly my, you know, I'm a grandfather now. So for me, the legacy is, you know, what am I going to leave for my grandchildren? Mm. And, and I, I, I was in ministry for 20 years and I skipped mm. my kids and I didn't realize the, mm. the, the messaging they were missing in, mm. in, in fact, when I started writing my, my first book, I wrote, I was really started it as these are the entrepreneurial lessons that I wish I'd taught my kids. And, mm. and now, thankfully, I still have the opportunity to teach them. They're still, mm. you know, 27 and 24, and they're still close enough that, that they want to be pulled into this world. They see what we're doing. They've seen the suffering. They've seen the, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. they've helped us cover, they've helped us cover bills in the midst of chaos. And, yes. uh, and so they've, yeah. they've seen the negative, but they've also seen the freedom. They've seen the, the reality of, you know, if something's happened with a grandson or something, car breaks down or they can call and we can go like, there's mm -hmm. no, you know, the business has the flexibility to, to allow the freedoms to do things that some people can't do. And, and yeah. that freedom alone is worth, but they also see the upside. They see the, they see the, the possibilities. And I yeah. think being dreamers and, and, and having those mm -hmm. possibilities is, is so eye-opening. And, mm. and then the, you know, going through, so my son's doing sales, which is fantastic. He's done mm -hmm. some online sales. He's done motorcycle sales. He's done uh, yeah. timeshare sales. I'm like, dude, mm -hmm. do sales, learn sales. If yeah. you can get some Amen. sales, the only thing better would be if he were going door to door and getting door slammed yes. in his face. I that's love like the, good door to door, that's door like people. The legacy, like, like that yes. sets up, that sets mm -hmm. you up for anything. Like if you can do yeah. door to door, you can do, you can run any business and you'll rule yep. the world. <laughs> so. Amen. <laughs> so sales is such a good skill that you'll always have it it works in every aspect so if you're an operator you you should know scale sales it doesn't matter what you do you should understand that skill and it's also also something that you can always do everyone loves good salespeople and organizations oh absolutely right? so so yeah i'm yeah. hoping he'll he'll just keep he'll just keep absorbing and and uh he definitely wants the entrepreneurial freedom without necessarily getting the work done so we'll see <laughs> Did I lose you? Sorry for just a second there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no worries. Let me see back. if I can get. Yeah. The camera said no more. Yeah. So let me get. Uh, how do I get the camera back on this? Do you have any idea? Uh, there's so. There's oh, I got it right be. here. Yeah, there I see go. it. Oh, sorry oh, nice. about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No worries. That's what technology's for. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure it is. Cut that out without any trouble. I appreciate it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what's led to Tax Hive. And, and mm -hmm. I, Tax Hive is targeting business owners and trying to help entrepreneurs. Tell, tell us a yes. little bit about that impact and how you're trying to, to, to serve entrepreneurs now. Yeah. So um, 
you know, we started this business about four years ago. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you how we pitched the shark. We didn't pitch him on the TV show or anything. We had a relationship with Kevin and I sent him a text said, Hey, we, we have a business we want to present to you. And we are just entrepreneurs. I'm not a tax person, nor are my partners tax people, but we know the problem for small business owners. If you're a bigger business owner, like Kevin meets with his tax people every 14 days. Because he knows pound for pound in those minutes you spend actually doing some planning in your taxes could pay you tens of thousands of dollars, right? So he knows the impact. And we just saw this as a massive void for small business owners. The small business owners are underserved in the space. Like we're, they have so much they're doing and so many crocodiles they're dealing with that they don't even want to think about taxes until the season's over, the game's done. You know, buzzers sounded and now they just pray for a miracle and <laughs> miracles don't come and they end up getting hit for taxes. And we're a big believer that those taxes should be spent on people in your business, products, services, technology, growing your business as opposed to where it goes now. So we wanted to solve this problem. So I text Kevin and I said, Kevin, we have a business we want to present to you. And he said, that's great. Um, I'm going to be in Arizona. So we set up a time. And if you watch the show, you know that he always says, if you don't know the numbers, you're dead to me, literally. <laughs> so we're like, we got to know the numbers. So we had spreadsheets. charts, spreadsheets. We had line graphs. We had everything ready to go present to Kevin. We weren't going to ca get called out on the carpet on our numbers. So we had all this stuff memorized. And so we stand up to present to him at dinner. And he was at the end of the table, start presenting. Three minutes in, he's like, does one of these. Like one of those, like a Simon Cowell moment. <laughs> and uh, I still remember it's like all this prep and a lot's riding on this thing. Cause we figure like we have this tax high business. If we can uh, attach ourselves to that brand, millions of people watch the show. It's been on for years and years and years. He's one of the great stars of it. We're like, this could change everything. And if he jumps on and we have his face on our marketing, how much of a more of a better return will we get on our marketing? So a lot was riding on it. And I still remember looking over at the other guys in the meeting and uh, I still just like, they're like, you messed up. And I'm like, I messed up. And uh, I was like, it, I st it still remember it's just this pit in your stomach moment. And he says, I'm in. Whatever it's going to take, I'm in. Because he had a he had a he had a business in Canada that was a tax business, and he had sold the business, and it was a great business. And he's like, ever ever since then, he knows because he had firsthand experience what it did for small business owners. He's a big small business owner advocate. He's like, I need to find a group because most most companies are these small little boutique firms. I need one that I can go on the show. I can go out and present to people, and every single state can do this and can go and do it. So he said he's in and it took some time, finally got it done. So he's one of the co-founders in the business and one of the equity owners. And we launched the business. We do three things. We do tax plans for small business owners, right? So it's that piece where we can actually help them while the game is going on, spending a little time. Our team help does the actual plan for them. So our team actually prepares the plan, presents the plan and helps them implement the plan so they can save money right now. So a small business owner, tens of thousands we're saving. 
A bigger business owner, it's hundreds of thousands potential. I mean, it's literally, it's an incredible service. And then we do bookkeeping. You shouldn't go spend a thousand bucks if you're a small business owner. Don't, don't pay someone a thousand bucks a week. Get a fractional, we're fractional bookkeeping. And then, and then the third piece is we actually prep the taxes and files. So those are the three areas that we solve. And it's a huge need. Uh, you, you mentioned the gap, the, the, the gap for small business owners, especially solopreneurs and, and, you know, two or three employees, and they've got mm -hmm. a CPA who's, who's been trained by accounting schools and subservient to the IRS document that whatever, like mm -hmm. they follow the IRS rules, you know, yeah. to the letter and they haven't been shown alternatives. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're very reactive. They like to you you give them the stuff and then they file it. That's what they do, right? Right. And yeah. so, so having having a team that can understand the the, the mm -hmm. tax code and and the realities of it and the benefits of small business ownership is mm -hmm. really being able to, you know, have a plan and and mm -hmm. not give all your money <laughs> to the government. Yes. Yes. Um, Amen. And so, so so yeah fantastic market fantastic target and obviously with a nationwide connection it yeah. sounds to me like a, a fantastic brand and and company mm -hmm. that has 50 state <laughs> impact yes yeah and you hit on an important point as a w2 as a, a worker uh you could take up to 10 deductions right is all and most of those people don't even qualify for but as a business owner you could take up to 1400 deductions but no one, when you make that leap from W-2 to I'm now a business person, no one sits you down and says, congratulations, you're a business owner. Let me show you all the stuff that you need to know as a business owner. So they just kind of had that mindset of 10 deductions, potentially, I'm going to stay in that world versus like, there's a whole treasure chest there that they can qualify for as a business owner. It's, it's why our code was written. Our code was written to help business owners build their business in America. That's what makes us great. And we should take advantage of the opportunity. Well, and and we're trained to be afraid of the IRS. Yes, <laughs> we're trained that they're yeah. gonna if we if we mess up our taxes, the CPA puts plants mm -hmm. these seeds of fear. The IRS is going to come after you and fine you and take away your business, and That's then right. they'll take your kids and family. And you know, although some of us might want them to take our kids, that that mm -hmm. isn't <laughs> that yes. isn't the reality, right? That That's right. <laughs> And yeah, so, Kevin, I actually saw Kevin on an interview with Brad Lee two weeks ago, and he said, don't look at the IRS as your enemy. They are your friends because mm -hmm. they want to bring revenue, revenue into their business. They want business owners to bring in revenue that helps the whole country. That's their whole mission in life. So they look at them as a partnership that they're there. They, 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 they don't ask you to pay all you can. They ask you to follow the code. So follow the code and you look at them as more of a partnership and a good thing as opposed to like, yeah, the scary, scary, you know, monster out there. Well, they're not the mafia, right? They really are yeah. trying to support government and we should yeah. want to pay our fair share, but that's mm -hmm. the piece is fair share. Don't be, mm -hmm. don't pay, don't pay more than your share, which typically most people are. And, yes. and most business owners aren't equipped or they don't feel equipped to understand I mean, obviously, like you said, they're fighting the crocodiles in their specialty yeah. in their business and trying to stay alive mm -hmm. and trying to feed their family. And the whole idea of paying somebody a billion dollars to figure out your 1400 deductions, 
feels like a loss, right? Like yes. <laughs> there's, there's right. no way I could take that on and try to figure mm -hmm. that out. So yeah, you're right. hundred percent. So what a fantastic, you also are, are sharing your space and using your space to encourage entrepreneurs and, and, and help entrepreneurs and business owners in, in mm -hmm. addition to, to tax hive. I know we're, we're running tight on time, but I just want to dig into how much your entrepreneurial heart is supporting entrepreneurs. Yeah. So this building is an incredible building. That's 30,000 feet. We built a training facility. We actually have tax hive uh, people in here. Um, about 60 of them in this room. It's our training facility. This week we've had in the last like two weeks, we probably had four or 500 entrepreneurs come into here. So we host events, two to three events a week. We love supporting entrepreneurs and obviously it's our passion. And for us is we also get alignment. When an entrepreneur comes in here, we look at it as an opportunity to offer tax services to that person. So we wanted to create this environment where it's a magnet for entrepreneurs to come. And then we find business alignment uh, with the entrepreneurs that come into this building. So that's our drive. Support support all the entrepreneurs going through what they're going through. Oh, Sean, that's so fantastic. All right. We let every guest share their words of wisdom to the entrepreneurs that are listening. So, Sean, what would you share? I would share the greatest way I believe to scale your business is to scale relationships. Really focus on your relationships. There's three things that you can do real quick. Number one is start with your own phone. I, I, I have people look at how many contacts you have. You probably have in the thousands. Ask yourself, is there a percentage of those people that could either buy my product or know people who would buy my product or I can do an affiliate deal with? There's opportunities. You have gold in your backyard. Most people don't know it. Number two is honor and love referrals get referrals. When I get a referral, I, I, I honor the person and I follow up. I get a referral. I'm like, Hey, Robert, how's your schedule on Tuesday next week at two o'clock? I'd love to chat with you about it. Follow up on referrals. You get referrals every day. And the more referrals you give, the more you receive. So referrals are a key piece. And then the third thing is go to live events. Sometimes you're like, I have about a thousand things I should be doing right now. Go to live events. You can meet 30 people in the, in the meeting. You're looking for people that you can do business with and go up to Robert and say, Hey, Robert, great to meet you. How's your schedule Tuesday next week at two o'clock? Follow through with them. Come away with appointments for live meetings. Those are my top three on ways that you can scale your business by scaling love, relationships. Love those. Sean, you and I met at an event in your space that my wife and I drove to. And yes, and literally had no money to stay at a hotel that night and drove back home the eight hours overnight. I love it. Back to Denver. So yeah, <laughs> it was one of those one of those moments that we felt like we had to be in the room and 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 made awesome. sure we were in the room and and this conversation is happening because of because of being in the room. So Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been fantastic. And uh, where you, can Robert. people find you? So I'm all, all over social, Finnegan, Sean. Also go to taxhive.com. We put tons of content on there. Whether or not you use our services, go there and spend some time because we put lots of content on there for free. Go check it out. We'd love to also earn your business as a client as well, of course. So great to connect with you again, Robert, and uh, your people. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into this episode brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. These aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful six or seven figure business. To support you on this journey, we're offering one of our most popular books, 
Fish Out Leads In, 52 Fresh Ideas for Lead Generation. You can download it free at enjoybizlife.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, and leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Matt Clark and Robert talk about performance and the power of a team. Execution and performance in sports or in business comes down to the process, systems, checklists, and how the team practices. The most important part of execution is knowing the result that you want and be willing to remove the unnecessary to improve the process. Most people don't get the results that they want because they don't measure the right gains in the process.